For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems things like hard starts rough performance and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup sea foam can help your engine run better and last longer simply pour a can in your gas tank hunters and anglers rely on sea foam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. That's SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. From Mediator's World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review presented by Steel. Steel products are available only at authorized dealers. For more, go to SteelDealers.com. Now... Here's your host, Ryan Cal Callahan. Seven crab fishermen working off the coast of England are lucky to be alive as last month their boat was hit with a German bomb. And no, Fraulein. This was not a training exercise gone wrong. Germany and England are not currently at war. This bomb had been sitting at the bottom of the Atlantic since World War II just waiting for an unsuspecting crew to haul it up and detonate. Unfortunately for these unlucky fishermen, that's exactly what happened. According to the UK's Marine Accident Investigation Branch, the crew of the Galwad E. Moore had been hauling up 100 crab pots when they felt, quote, a lot of tension on the main line. Like any self-respecting angler with a stuck lure, the skipper opted to gun the engine and break the string. That turned out to be the wrong move. As seconds later, the crew felt three loud explosions on the main deck. The skipper banged his head, and four crew members were severely injured, but everyone remained conscious. The boat lost power, and water began flooding the deck, but the skipper was able to send a distress call to the Coast Guard. The SOS was also picked up by the captain of a nearby vessel, who arrived first and was able to pull the crew to safety. A subsequent investigation found that the bomb was likely an SC-250, a 250-kilogram explosive the Germans used during the Blitz. The SC-250 was so widely used that unexploded wartime bombs have been found in South London, Belarus, Birmingham, Ukraine, and Macedonia, all since 2015. Let's send some good thoughts to those crab fishermen and hope they make a full recovery. Next time you're out searching for walleye and the wind really starts to rip, be grateful you at least don't have German bombs to worry about. If you really want a positive spin, 
these fishermen can add the fact that they survived the last shot of World War II to their fishing stories down at the bar. For now, anyway. 1,100 men went into the water. Vessel went down in 12 minutes. This week, we've got COVID spike, call to action, wolves, and so much more. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. And my week was good. Zipped down to a friend's place in the Sacramento Valley and managed to come home with some birds. Blue sky, 60 plus degrees, makes for a beautiful day, but it does not suck in the big fat mallards, pintails, widgeon, speckle bellies, snow geese, as automatically as one would like. Snort made some great retrieves out in the flooded rice. That little girl is good. She's gotten sloppier on some things during this season, but she has gotten incredibly good at others. Mainly, if I had to pick one, her uh, math skills. That dog can calculate the speed and angle of a dropping duck, taking into account the drag coefficient, and put herself within feet of a tiny teal that falls way, way outside the spread. I know I sound exactly like your average gushing dog owner, but it is just incredibly impressive every time. Couple of things I got to tell you. So even though the hunting was not that great this week, last year at this time, we were down filming an episode of Cow in the Field that will be out soon, and it was happening. Big fat birds coming into the spread. You're going to want to see it. That's coming up pretty quick. And then another thing that I want to tell you, and this is a thing everyone here listening has got to do before we move on. The North American Grasslands Conservation Act still needs co-sponsors. So drop what you're doing, call your elected officials today, right now, and tell them how much life our native grasslands shelter, feed, hide, Ducks nest in them, mule deer, whitetails, pheasants, prairie chickens, sage hens, sharp-tailed grouse, Hungarian partridge, bees, butterflies, moths, and my goodness, do you want to talk about soil health, drought tolerance, and fat cattle? How about the federal dollars that will be available to private land and public land managers to not only implement good grass-growing strategies, but also the education on how to do this all on your own? And did we mention free balloons for the kids? Yeah! No, because balloons are terrible. And they are not a part of the North American Grasslands Conservation Act. But you can be by calling 202-224-3121 and saying, I'd like to speak to my senator. Or just punch that into the search bar. How do I contact my senator? Ask them if they like tall grass, fat cattle. Ask them if they love pollinators and big, racked mule deer bucks. Or early mornings, watching greater sage-grouse dance. No matter their answer, they work for you. And let them know you, as a conservationist, a taxpayer, a constituent, and an American, need them to co-sponsor the North American Grasslands Conservation Act. And, speaking of grass, Cheech, don't forget, it's time to sign up for CRP. This is from our good friends at Pheasants and Quail Forever in the USDA. The Conservation Reserve Program is running until March 11th, 2022, and grassland CRP sign up from April 4 till May 13th. 
CRP has long been the nation's most important tool for targeting environmentally sensitive lands with conservation practices that produce wildlife habitat, cleaner waters, healthier soils, and a more resilient climate. If you are a landowner who want to learn more, visit your nearest USDA service center. The Conservation Reserve Program, or CRP, has supported wildlife populations and rural communities since President Ronald Reagan signed CRP into law on December 23, 1985. The program reached peak enrollment in 2007 with 36.8 million acres, corresponding with modern-day highs for upland bird harvest in many Midwestern states. As in, it's not a coincidence, habitat creates wildlife. Producers and landowners enrolled 4.6 million acres into CRP signups in 2021, including 2.5 million acres in the largest grassland CRP signup in history. There are currently 22.1 million acres enrolled, with a 25.5 million acre cap set for fiscal year 2022. Additionally, producers and landowners can enroll acres under the continuous sign-up, including through the Conservation Reserve Enhancement Program and State Acres for Wildlife Enhancement Initiative. Higher payment rates and incentives, CRP is another way that we're putting producers and landowners at the center of climate-smart solutions that generate revenue and benefit our planet. This is one of the best programs to ever come out of the government, friends and neighbors. It benefits wildlife far, far, far beyond what we can harvest and put on the table. It is a good thing if you like, you know, clean air, clean water, things like that. Moving on. It's been a banner year for hunting and fishing in the United States. The COVID-19 pandemic spurred a renewed interest in the outdoors, and states across the country have reported rises in license sales and equipment purchases. First, all those new equipment purchases resulted in a $1.1 billion increase in funds for the Federal Sport Fish and Wildlife Restoration Program. That's 65.7% increase in a single fiscal year. The Wildlife Restoration Trust Fund is also known as the Pittman-Robertson Fund. As we've covered numerous times on this show, this money comes from an 11% excise tax on long guns, ammunition, and archery equipment, and a 10% tax on handguns. The money is used for conservation work throughout the United States, and such a drastic increase all but proves the existence of the so-called COVID bump. Here's another data point for you. During the 2020 to 2021 season, hunters harvested more whitetail bucks than any season since at least 2009. According to the National Deer Association's annual deer report, hunters harvested an estimated 6.3 million whitetail last year, 3 million of which were bucks. That makes last year the largest whitetail harvest since 2011 and the largest buck harvest since the National Deer Association started publishing its deer report in 2009. This is all great news for folks hoping to get more hunters out in the woods. For the last few years at least, the overall contingent of American hunters has grown, and those hunters are spending money on gear that helps fund conservation. However, while resident hunting sales are up in many states, non-resident sales are down. COVID may have produced some new hunters, but it also kept many hunters in their home states. That stay-at-home trend doesn't impact conservation funding in the U.S., 
but it's been a serious problem in Africa. A large portion of Africa's conservation funding comes from wildlife-based tourism. This includes hunting, as well as photography and animal viewing. Wildlife-based tourism contributes $29 billion, that's with a B, million dollars isn't cool, you know what's cool? Every year in Africa, while employing 3.6 million people, according to Biographic. This money is used to operate wildlife refuges and combat poachers, among other projects designed to protect Africa's iconic and threatened species. With COVID restrictions significantly hampering international travel, this funding stream dried up virtually overnight. 90% of African tour operators have experienced a 75% or greater decline in booking. In Mozambique, for example, hunting companies use and manage more than half of the country's protected land. A wildlife refuge called Kutata relies on these hunters for 100% of its budget, but it's lost every foreign client in the last few years. Lion poaching is on the rise in Kutata because the reserve has been forced to lay off one-third of its scouts, and the local community will be losing most of the money they garner each year from foreign hunters. This situation has prompted some of the continent to pursue alternative sources of conservation funding. Relying on foreign tourism for such a large chunk of that funding left these wildlife refuges vulnerable to policy changes that affect travel. Some have turned to philanthropists, nonprofits, European Union, the United States for additional funding to bridge the gap. Others have suggested that African countries could charge for their ecosystem services, such as biodiversity and carbon offset projects. The question, both in Africa and the United States, is whether these changes are here to stay. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. You've heard that name before because I've talked about them here on this podcast. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. Now, it's wild axis deer, which is an invasive species, but this operation is monitored and observed by the USDA 
and they can commercially sell axis deer. Last time I went out to uh, Maui to hunt axis, I did not kill one, which is where Maui Nui Venison would come in very handy for folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful and still want to have something in the freezer or uh, handy in the form of a snack stick that is as close to getting your own as you can get, which is what Maui Nui Venison is. You can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis Deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I, venison.com, and use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order. Moving on. Turkey season might seem far away as you sit over a hole in the ice or just count the days, but realize it or not, the days are getting longer. Spring is getting closer, and we have some idea how turkey populations are likely to be this year. Each season's outlook depends on poult production from two years prior. Even if you're relatively new to hunting or fishing, I'm sure you have heard some old-timer in a coffee shop say, you know, it's not this year, it's next year that will tell us how the birds handled the snow or the tornado or drought or poltergeist or too much rain at the wrong time. What that means is recruitment into adulthood. The birds that will be entering the adult flock the year following a bad year are the true indication of how bad or possibly good the year was or has been. You know what I'm saying. Droughts across the West have not been kind to young birds, but it's not all bad news. In southwestern Montana, numbers have remained steady with riparian zones or corridors along the rivers, allowing a critical mass of birds to make it through dry periods. The same is true in Utah, although a lot of those riverbanks are on private land. In Colorado and Wyoming, pulp production was solid in 2020 and 21. So although opportunity is still below the peak of the mid-2000s, there's still a good chance of success out there. In California, turkeys in low-elevation habitat near major rivers in the Central Valley are doing better than other areas hit harder by drought. Hunters in the Los Padres, Mendocino, Shasta, and Trinity National Forests could make out pretty well. Numbers look steady in Illinois, Wisconsin, and Indiana, but the last several years in Ohio have been very cold and wet and that means that the state's 2022 limit has now fallen to one bearded bird. However, better weather in 2020 and 2021, as well as a bumper crop of cicadas last year, mean that the limit could return to two bearded birds next year. In the southeast, state fishing game agencies saw declines in the 2021 spring harvest, likely due to the COVID hunting bump and the severe ice storm in 21. However, turkey reproduction in Arkansas in 2020 and 21 was more successful than any year since 2012 and 13. So this season is expected to be solid. For more info from your neck and uh, waddle of the woods, visit your state fish and game website. And don't be shy about calling up and asking who you should speak with uh, in regards to your hunting plans or maybe not your hunting plans. One particular agency I want to shout out is uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife, which recently released an amazingly detailed and useful turkey habitat and population map on its website. Go check out myfwc.com, navigate to the turkey hunting page, and there you will find a map that will show you likely turkey abundance down to an area smaller than an Olympic swimming pool. Which brings up a great bit of turkey advice from my old 
old, haggard, old buddy Jim, who says, you kill elk with your feet and turkeys with your ass. Meaning, if all the area you have to hunt is about the size of an Olympic swimming pool and you're willing to sit there long enough, you may just kill a turkey. Now, if you want to know even more about why America is so attracted to the turkey, you will likely remember from grade school the drawing of Ben Franklin channeling lightning through a kite string. Well, that was hardly his first foray into electrical experimentation. Years earlier, Ben became convinced that killing a turkey by electrocution would result in a tastier bird rather than the traditional methods of neck ringing or whacking one's head off with an axe. The Japanese method of Ikejime destroys a fish's nervous system with a wire down the spine before rigor mortis can set in. In modern slaughterhouses, beeves are shocked immediately after death for this same reason. Franklin is recorded as saying, quote, Birds killed in this manner eat uncommonly tender. His method was to build up static electricity he generated through friction into a storage device called a Leyden jar then to touch the electrode coming out of the jar to the bird. The Leyden jar is in fact the device Franklin would later use to store that famous lightning bolt's electricity. These jars could store up to 60,000 volts, which is 10,000 more volts than a taser puts out to neutralize your standard 250-pound drunk fella. That's right, I'm telling you that one of our founding fathers regularly tased turkeys to death. And that's not all. On December 23rd, 1750, Franklin was testing his tasty turkey tasing technique in front of a group of friends when he accidentally touched the electrode of the jar while his other hand was grounded, causing the electricity intended for the bird to pass through him instead. He recalled that and said, The flash was very great and the crack as loud as a pistol. It raised around swelling on my hand where the fire entered as big as a half a pistol bullet. He described the feeling of shock as a universal blow through my whole body from head to foot, which seemed within as well as without. He concluded, I'm ashamed to have been guilty of so notorious a blunder. Well, we've been there in one form or another, Ben. And if you're looking to, you know, flirt with the same mistake, let me know what you come up with. I prefer to pluck fast and then let the bird hang for about 24 hours if possible. But, uh, sounds a lot less fun than what old Ben got up to, and you could try this spring. Adult supervision is required. <laughs> Mr. Franklin, mm. I would say you are probably one of the sexiest presidents ever. Well, actually, I never was president. Yes, but Ben Franklin was. Quick update. Piney Point Fertilizer Plant in Central Florida has sprung a new series of leaks. As a refresher, a private fertilizer company went out of business in the mid-2000s, leaving an open wastewater holding pond behind a decaying dam. In 2011, a breach in this pond poured 170 million gallons of wastewater into nearby Bishop Harbor. Then last year, with the dam threatening to collapse and unleash hundreds of millions of gallons of waste into surrounding neighborhoods, fields, and habitat, the state authorized the pumping of 215 million gallons of water more gradually into Tampa Bay to relieve the pressure on the dam. The nitrogen, phosphorus, and other chemicals in the water likely contributed to the massive 2021 red tide and subsequent fish die-off we covered here on episodes 102 and 119. Well... The, uh, the dam's leaking again. I am shocked. 
Shocked. Well, not that shocked. And as a result, the long-term plan is for Manatee County to build a deep well system so that the wastewater can be injected into the lower Floridian aquifer for, quote, safer storage. You heard that right. The situation is so bad that injecting fertilizer waste into the area's aquifer is the best case scenario. I mention this again as a general heads up, a PSA. When developers present the advantages of projects near sensitive habitat, they also need to show a track record of being good stewards and a commitment to cleaning up their mess even when business stinks. That's a uh, fertilizer joke for you. And last but not least, we covered a viral news story claiming that 23 Yellowstone wolves had been killed this year in Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming. The wolves were all killed outside the park boundary, and the Yellowstone wolf population is still well within the average for the last decade or so. That didn't stop park officials from urging the surrounding states to limit wolf hunting along the park border, and this week Montana Wildlife Commissioners did just that. Sort of. Under the unanimous commission vote, the wolf hunting season in southwestern Montana will end once 82 wolves have been killed. This area of the state, known as Region 3, includes the two management areas that border Yellowstone. 76 wolves have been taken so far in this region, meaning that hunters will only be able to take six more. Commissioners rejected calls to end the wolf hunting season immediately, as well as calls to reestablish small wolf quotas for the areas bordering the park. Also, in related news, here in Montana, Lewis and Clark County District Court Judge Michael McMahon has denied the request of Trap Free Montana and Wolves of the Rockies to suspend means of take listed in the hunting and trapping regulations, such as artificial light and thermal or infrared scopes and the use of aircraft to kill wolves. Now, no matter how much of a wolf hater you may be, this is one case where you could side with the most ardent wolf lover. This case is not based on the killing of wolves, but on the principle that wildlife is managed in the public trust, and as such, there has to be public involvement in the process. Notices, hearings, public comment periods. Protecting this principle is likely far from the intent of the two groups behind the lawsuit, but I think it's very fun to point out the overlap of where all of our interests should lie. That's all I've got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please write in to A-S-K-C-A-L. That's askcal at themeateater.com and let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods. And don't forget to find a local knowledgeable steel dealer near you by typing in steel dealers in your search bar, which is funny to think about because they may just ask you how big of a bar are you uh, looking for? Don't worry. They will send you home with what you need and not with what you don't. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next week. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. 
Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on Seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. That's SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis Deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com and use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order.